Hello again, everybody, and thanks for connecting with us for the latest edition of the Healthy Trucking Podcast. The Healthy Trucking Podcast is sponsored by Healthy Trucking of America. I'm Greg Thompson from Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo, and as you guys know, I'm taking this journey with you as we continue to learn from a series of very interesting guests, including medical experts and trucking industry professionals. As we've shared with you guys before in previous episodes of the Healthy Trucking Podcast, we are dedicated to focusing on timely topics, all designed to help the road become a little smoother and and healthier as we navigate our way during the COVID era. In this edition of the Healthy Trucking Podcast, sponsored by Healthy Trucking of America, we'll be talking with Lily Griego, who is the Regional Director overseeing Region 8 for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. And as you guys will hear, part of Lily's career path that brought her to HHS included a number of years behind the wheel driving a truck professionally on a local basis. During our interview, you guys will hear Lily express a deep appreciation for today's trucking industry and the professionals behind the wheel. In this episode of the Healthy Trucking Podcast, Lily will be talking with us about the best approaches for navigating the challenges that drivers face in staying healthy during the COVID era. And as you guys will hear, we caught up with Lily through a Zoom connection. Lily Griego joins us now on the Healthy Trucking Podcast. As you guys heard in the opening, Lily is the Regional Director overseeing Region 8 for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. First of all, Lily, welcome to the Healthy Trucking Podcast. Well, Greg, thank you so much. I'm so excited to be with you. I really appreciate the invitation and I'm looking forward to our conversation. Well, Lily, as I mentioned to our folks in the opening, before we dive into our main topic on the podcast, I wanted to spend a moment to give you the opportunity to tell us a little bit about what you do at HHS and something that I believe our listeners will also really enjoy and hear about is your connection to the trucking industry, as well as your appreciation for the work that professional drivers do. Sure. Well, thank you for the question. First of all, let me just talk about the agency itself and then we'll back up to my gratitude for the truckers listening to this and the trucking industry as a whole. HHS, as we commonly call it, or the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, is the agency of the federal government focused on America's health and well-being. We have multiple divisions within HHS. These divisions administer a wide variety of health and human services, and we conduct life-saving research for the nation, protecting and serving all Americans. Equity right now, I just really want to shine a light on it. It's at the center of our work and drives our mission in service to the American public. We have agencies who serve zero to five and our most treasured populations known as seniors. And if you're a senior, you might not like being called a senior. So sometimes we say aging population. I'm among those folks. It's a state Um, of mind. Absolutely. The funny thing is, even as I continue to age, I feel 20 every day when I wake up, but then getting up out of bed and with my knees and looking in the mirror, it's a reminder that we are aging. Back to HHS, we do have experts in every field who focus on research and data, science. And like me, I'm not a scientist, but we work directly with folks in our regional communities. And we have 10 regions who serve the Secretary of Health and Human Services, Javier Becerra. My work specifically focuses on ensuring that we share broadly the emphasis on listening to the needs of community members, 
sharing our work that we're currently doing in public service for the country, and being really a voice for Secretary Becerra in the states that I serve, and respectively serving as a voice for the folks in my region back to our headquarters or our national offices to ensure that those voices are heard. On a separate note, like I said at the very beginning of this, I'm so excited to be here with you. I just want to express my gratitude to truckers across the country. I want to express my gratitude for the conversation around health and healthiness in this profession. Just a little bit of background about me and my time behind the wheel, as I shared with you. Although it wasn't an 18-wheeler, and it's not the same. I don't want anybody to chuckle as they're driving down the road saying, oh, this little girl doesn't even know what it's about. I spent 18 years driving a truck, and I did that locally, and I did it for a local government, and boy, did I have fun doing it. I even had a laptop inside of my truck. It's interesting to look at it from two different perspectives. My employer did everything they could to make my workspace as conducive as possible, But on the opposite side of that coin, I was also confined to a vehicle in one position for an extended amount of time. And that really wreaked havoc on my body. And I would feel it after I'd stand up after driving for five or six hours. I'm like, oh, geez, my knees forgot what they're supposed to do. And my legs forgot that they're supposed to get going right away. So I loved that job tremendously, but I had to learn how to manage my health behind the wheel as well. Last point I'd like to make, and I appreciate you giving me some grace here with my opening is that in coming to the table with you, I just wanted to recognize that truckers served on the front lines of the pandemic. And we all know that they served and continue to serve on what we now call frontline workers during this global pandemic. And I just want to say thank you to these heroes who continue to serve and we're serving our nation with the supply chain and all of the things that we've talked about in our national news and that we know when we walk into a grocery store or elsewhere that y'all have been away from your homes, you've been away from your families in service to our country. And I just want to express my gratitude. So Lily, you've been behind the wheel, you've driven, and it doesn't matter that it wasn't 18 wheels, it's the fact that you did it for 18 years. You did the job as a professional, so what are you bringing from your previous experience as a driver into this position now? Yeah, I really appreciate the question because you do carry your life experiences with you. When I saw this invitation come up, I just thought, what an opportunity to talk to folks about my previous work related to my current work. And I carry that time with me. I remember being on the road a lot and thinking to myself, what an opportunity. I got to see wildlife that if you're up early in the morning and you're out and about, and sometimes I worked late at night when I was dealing with light issues and things of that nature. And I worked mountain community too. So I got to be in the mountains. I saw wildlife. I saw bears. I saw mama bears with their babies. And I saw fox. I saw black squirrels. I didn't know that we had black squirrels until I saw one. It was a really cool opportunity. And then I also remember music. You'll see somebody driving down the road, and if you're not inside their car, that might not be as moved by the music as they are. And then all of a sudden you're like, that lady looks a little crazy. What's she doing over there? But when you're having the music in your car and you're in the moment, you might just start rocking your head and singing along. And it might be a little bit too excited for the car next to you that doesn't know what the heck's going on. But those were good moments. And then there were also bad moments. I saw car accidents. I saw things that I didn't want to see. And you carry that with you. 
Then again, I would also say I think about those listening to this podcast who are away from their family for an extended amount of time. They're away from kiddos. Like some people have jobs where you can get out of work and drive home and see your kiddos in cross country race or at a wrestling match or playing football, whatever that looks like, or piano recitals. And if you're on the road and you're across states, you don't have those luxuries sometimes. So that even is stressful. So those are some of the things that I think about when I do the work that I do now. I try to carry some of my previous life experiences into the conversations that we're having. And working for the federal government, there's a lot of technical information that we have to talk about. And there's also a lot of scientific information as it relates to vaccinations and boosters and COVID as a whole conversation or even mental health or youth mental health or just normal screenings for cancer. I'm going to get a shingles vaccine here pretty soon because I just turned 50. So even some of those technical things that we talk about or words that we're not accustomed to hearing, I think about what about when I was doing other jobs? What kind of ways did I want to hear information or take it in or what really meant something to me? So I think about my parents quite a bit. I think about my kiddo and my family members And I think about the ways that we would deliver information. And that's why we're spending time with you today to make sure that we're connecting with everybody we can to talk about the importance of the work that we're doing. I know we're going to talk a little bit about COVID, but I just also want to shine a light on some of the other things that we're doing and making sure that we're getting a lot of federal dollars to states to make sure that people are understanding we're trying to address the workforce shortages. We're also investing in our local communities to make sure that we're building up. We have the greatest generation ever is in mass retirement. We just talked about my dad and other folks like that. My grandparents who worked really hard and invested in this country and believed in this country, but now they're retired. So what does it look like for future generations? We want to celebrate new things that we're doing. And we hear words like the tech economy. To me, it sounds a little foreign and where I'm trying to live on paper and pen still, but still acclimating to computers and podcasts and all of these cool things that we can do. So I think about stuff like that when when it comes to the work that we're doing and how to best communicate out what we're doing. Well, Lily, what you just shared with us is a perfect segue into talking about the challenges right now that we're facing with COVID, with all industries. And given your experience behind the wheel and your research of trucking, can you talk to us about the challenges that professional drivers face as we're all trying to do our best to make a living during a time when COVID is still present in our day-to-day lives? And I know it's been two years. I know people get frustrated, but looking at the professional driver. Where are we and what can we do? Yeah, this is a great point of conversation. And I want to talk about a couple different things if it's okay. Again, I was thinking about this and I had some great memories. You made me really reflect back. So when I started driving, I was a younger gal and I weighed a lot less than I weigh now. I was a lot more agile than I am now. I remembered that it was hard. Life is really hard when you're driving from place to place to be that person that you see on the TV says, oh, you know, just make some simple choices in your life. It's super easy. Instead of getting a cheeseburger and French fries, get a salad with some salmon. And that's not as easy as one would think when you're on the road because healthy food is really hard to come across and it's more convenient when you're on the road. And I've just done four road trips as a non-driver, just as a person taking some trips here. The road stops that you have along the way are usually something convenient where you can pull in and get a meal. 
So that makes it even more challenging. So some of the things I think about are the weight gain that we've all incurred. And when we gain weight, our bodies tend to gain them in the middle section, which is our bellies. And then you also tend to, if you're gaining weight, you're less active. So you can see things like high blood pressure, diabetes, smoking, sleep apnea, stress. We could talk about that all day long, depression and isolation, things like mental health related that is health related, by the way, I really want to take the stigma out of the language of mental health. Some of these chronic illnesses I've mentioned, and some of the things that are part of the COVID discussion are things that really impact the folks that are hopefully listening to us right now. And then I was thinking about too, is that when we have these chronic health issues, or we have depression, isolationism, or anything that's a mental health issue, it impacts our families as well. Or if our family members have any of those issues, it impacts us as well. So then you carry that with you in your work on the road. I was thinking about that and I just wanted to share that we at HHS are working really hard to empower the experts across the nation to address the mental well-being of Americans, not only, like I said a minute ago, with a strong workforce, but also breaking down the stigma of just saying mental health. Generations ago, we wanted to think about us as all being strong. And there was a lot of value and strength as a human being. And I still celebrate that to this day. But it's okay now to make sure that we tell one another, it's okay to not be okay. There shouldn't be that stigma associated with that. So even I am learning ways to break down the old stereotypes and stigma of the two words of mental health. And I'm doing this in a very determined manner because our kiddos across the country are the ones hurting the most. And we need to get ahead of this crisis as moms and dads, aunties and uncles, or the trucker on the road who sees the little girl waving at them from the adjacent car. And I wanted to share with you a fun story of why I value truckers so much, because I grew up my parents are considered stereotypical middle-class folks. And we did a lot of on the road vacations. We used to just get the biggest kick. And my dad would always say, there's a truck, there's a truck. So you put your arm out a side window, our audience can't see it now, but you know what it is. You put your arm in there and you do the toot toot. Right. And then the minute that the trucker pulls the horn and it doesn't sound anything like what I just did, it's right. got that more strong. That bass. That's a cool moment. Oh, it me. is. And I've had the privilege of talking to drivers for the last 24 years. And I can tell you, everyone that I've spoken with and we've talked about that moment, it means so much to them that you ask. That's the highlight of their day. <laughs> Hey, there's kids that ask about that. That is a tradition that I hope never goes away, but it's wonderful that you shared that was. Now, you outlined a bunch of different things. It seems like from my reading and the small bit of research that I've done on COVID is that one of the really awful things about COVID is that if you have diabetes, if you have respiratory issues, if you have any of these pre-existing conditions, even if you have depression, that COVID tends to play on that, heighten it. It's another reason to do everything we can to stay away from it. You are spot on correct. So let's switch gears a little bit and just talk about the pandemic itself. And again, I really want to just say thanks. I know I keep saying this, but there's an intention behind this is that you don't address things without talking about them. 
calling it out in the room, COVID-19, the variants, long haulers, brain fog. I'm giving you some words that are associated with the new reality. And I say new, we talk about March of 2020 when this all just came down on us with just a pounding across our country. So what you just said is spot on correct. If you already have any of these, what I identified as chronic illnesses, or if you have anything else that's going on with your body that you think to yourself, because we all do it. We are like, okay, next week after I eat this cheeseburger, I'm going to get more in depth about my diet. Or maybe you have that cigarette in your hand and you're like, one more drag. I'm going to try to quit, whatever that is. You think to yourself, I've still got time to take care of my body because we all feel like that 15 year old kid who skates off of a roof and you're like, I'm invincible. But we just had a terrible recognition of 1 million lives lost just last week. That's somebody's mom. That's somebody's dad. There are orphans from this global pandemic in our country, in your backyard, in your neighbors have experienced loss or pain from COVID-19. So it's really important that we continue to share the value in getting vaccinated. And I know that there's a lot of messaging that can be confusing, especially if you're listening to a lot of different folks talk and everybody's got an opinion about it. But I'm going to be honest with you and tell you, I trust it. I believe it. The science has shown us that the best thing you can do is utilize all the tools in the toolbox. And that is getting vaccinated and getting boosted. And yes, you still might get it. But I've seen the results and I feel the confidence and I speak with confidence that you are more protected and safer, vaccinated and boosted. And you're protecting your loved ones if you encourage them to do the same or if you demonstrate just by doing it yourself. And I know that there's a lot that might be, I don't want to put something into my body that I don't know what it is. And I hear that message from folks. But what we've seen is it prevents severe illness and prevents exacerbating any existing illnesses that you might already have. It prevents hospitalizations. It prevents death. And it prevents you from getting the long haulers and some of the other things that we've been mentioning. I'm also going to talk for just a second about the hospitals. Thankfully, we're not in the same position we were a handful of months ago, but our hospitals were just stretched so thin. So by taking the vaccinations and getting boosted, you're also doing a good service to those who are also on the front line like you are. The nurses and the doctors who were exhausted mentally from seeing people suffer needlessly, we're keeping folks out of the hospital. And while we're seeing the uptick in numbers of people testing positive for COVID, we're not seeing the same numbers in hospitals and we're not seeing the same numbers in death, which is a really good thing. So an increase in infections is not unexpected. And as we've continued to say, COVID is not over. The president's national COVID-19 preparedness plan acknowledges the fact and lays out a roadmap for how we can manage fluctuations in a way that protects Americans, protects folks across this country, keeps people out of hospitals, keeps our schools and our businesses open. And like I just mentioned, get some of us back out on the road or to football games or to baseball games or hockey games. I just saw earlier a guy wearing a hockey jersey. So whatever your flavor is for sports or being out with your family and your friends, then that's what we're trying to get back to. 
Absolutely, and I know you touched on it a bit in your comments just there. I wanted to talk to you specifically about those folks because as regional director at HHS, you and your team have talked to a lot of people who are skeptical. You've talked to a lot of people who are nervous. And for those out there who are either skeptical or nervous who are listening to us right now, what are some words that you can share with them that may help? The first thing I want to say is I get it. I get it. We've seen the president say he gets it too. These are tumultuous times. It's hard to understand what you should or should not be doing. And like I just said a couple seconds ago, you've got folks giving you different opinions on this. There's a lot of sentiment around doubt and trust and misbelief or disbelief. And I just want to say I understand it. That's why I'm on here talking to you, because I do want to share with you the importance of getting vaccinated and that folks are nervous or haven't gotten a vaccine yet. I just said a couple seconds ago, every family across the country is having these conversations to include mine. So I've got family members who still aren't vaccinated yet. I've got some who've already gotten COVID. I've got some who have long haulers. It's really unfortunate to see a young person physically exhausted or that they're experiencing brain fog. So what I would say is it's very important to make sure that you're protected and that your loved ones are protected. So let me back up for two seconds here and just say that while it's been really tough to navigate a lot of various views, whether it's in the news or in your personal conversations, or maybe other truckers that you're talking to, each person has to make the decision for themselves. I've received both vaccinations and the booster and I'm scheduled to get my next booster. I'm very grateful that I have the opportunity to utilize all of the tools in our toolbox. And if you even get COVID, we still have an opportunity for you to still protect yourself if you get it. So I just want to encourage folks to call us up, have a conversation, talk to those who have been vaccinated, ask them about their experiences. And also think about, we talked earlier about your mental health and those of your family and getting to those opportunities to look down the road a little bit. I've taken vaccinations. I even scheduled my shingles. So I've had chicken pox and all of the things that you can think of when you were a little, you had all those vaccinations. And as they say, I've kept on trucking. For sure. Now you just mentioned boosters and I know we have some folks out there who have done the couple rounds of shots and boosters have come up. And then I actually went and talked to my doctor about getting the second booster. Talk to us a little bit about boosters because those are valuable as well. I appreciate the question. So let me share with you just some facts here on who can get a booster. I think that's an important thing too. One of the things I know that is going on and why we do the engagement that we use is because I remember somebody telling me a long time ago, well, go look it up on the internet, look at this or Google that. And not everybody has time to be doing that. We've got other priorities. And the other thing too, is you sit down with the computer and you start to look up one thing and five minutes later, you're looking at something else. And then an hour later, you forgot where you started. So let me just save your listeners some time and go over some information here. I've talked about the vaccines being important tools in our toolbox, but another important tool are the booster shots, which provide enormous protection against severe illness and death. And I keep saying that because it's really important to make sure folks are hearing that. Everyone 12 and older is already eligible for a booster shot. In fact, 
anyone 12 and older who got fully vaccinated by December of last year is eligible for at least their first booster shot. The FDA, which I don't know if folks know this, the FDA is part of HHS, as we say, family. So they have authorized boosters for those ages 5 to 11. Let me say that again, 5 to 11. And the CDC will make a recommendation in the coming days on more information on that continues to come out. I want to make sure that folks are hearing this because the information has been constant since this started and it gives folks pause to say, wait a minute, you said one thing a few weeks ago and now you say another. So again, stay in touch with us for the most up-to-date information. And lastly, I'll just share with you with regard to boosters. They're widely available and offer the best protection against worst outcomes of COVID-19. So I can't say this enough or loudly enough or with more passion. Everyone who's eligible should get boosted right away. They're free. They're easy and available at over 80,000 locations nationwide. Before I got on the call with you, I just wanted to see what would happen if I did Google it, even though I just said we're trying to save you that time. It asked me my zip code and it pulled up several locations where I could go get it with a series of questions about my name. It does ask the date of your other vaccinations so that you'll have to have that handy. But then I was able to schedule an appointment just real quick, like on the internet. Then if you want to do it by phone, a lot of folks are doing that as well. What you just talked about there, Lily, is so important because as you know, professional drivers are on the move. And that is one of the most challenging things for drivers to get initially vaccinated because you have to do two rounds with Pfizer and Moderna. So that's one home time, that's two home times. But now with boosters, if you've got your information and you know you're gonna be in a location and you're gonna have some downtime, you can, as you just said, look it up, go through the process that you just went through by zip code and you can be set up for that. As we close things out here, and I've really, really enjoyed the time that we've spent. It's just been awesome. You've been wonderful in sharing information. One of the maddening aspects about COVID is that it continues to evolve we are encountering different strains of that. While we spent the majority of our time discussing vaccines and boosters, what else can professional drivers do to protect themselves from COVID while they're on the job and while they're at home? I think we touched on this just a moment ago. I just want to say to your listeners, again, I get it. I'm having these conversations not at work. I do have them at work, so know that they occur at work. But outside of work, in my family and my neighbors, I've had these conversations on purpose to hear a lot of different views and ideas and fears, anxiety, or out and out, like, I don't want it. Why would I want it? And I get it. Some of these have been my family members who I want to make sure they're healthy and safe. So I understand the, the variety of reactions that we get when we talk talk to folks. With that said, I also thought about, and I touched on this a second ago, I've had a boss here and there, not frequently. I've been very fortunate to have some good bosses, but you just use the word maddening. It's really maddening. It's really annoying when you have a boss who says two different things or the instruction on what they give you keeps changing. And as an employee, you're like, what the heck's going on here? You're trying to figure out why there's confusion in the instruction, or you may lose confidence in that person as you're boss. Or as a person, you're like, this person doesn't even know what's going on. So our brains have kind of given us that ability to decipher what's best for us. With regard to this, I'm not a scientist. I'm a mom. I'm a daughter. I'm someone who wants to be outside working, working hard. I love working and I love the work that I do. 
I want to be traveling. I want to spend time with my kiddo. I want to spend time with my parents and my aunties, and my uncles going and just laughing, hearing the stories of what they lived through. Planning for the future with some grandkids one day. And I bet it's really hard to understand that the virus has all these other terminologies like variants. And then you start seeing they call them B1 or B2. And it's just a lot of information to take on. So with the idea that I want to spend time with family and loved ones, or even just doing things on my own and enjoying my health and my future, know that there are scientists working on this. And I've given my trust up to them and said in my brain, it must be hard to be that person and have so many folks doubting the work that you've invested your life in. And you've dedicated yourself to understanding this. And the only thing I remember from junior high science is that things change. And that's kind of a cool thing. I want to give, again, we started with grace at the beginning of me kind of talking with you. I want to ask folks to give the scientists some grace to say that sometimes the science will shift. The variants have shown us that the virus is shifting and it's working its way to survive. And that causes detriment to our health and to our well-being. So what we can do is we can band together like we've continued to do and like we've demonstrated time and time again in this amazing country. And we can get vaccinated. We can get boosted. We can share our story once we do get vaccinated and boosted and tell other people. I'm protected now. I've done my part for my country and I'm doing my part to make sure that I've got my tomorrow and I'm looking forward to what's next. That's Lily Griego with her closing comments on this edition of the Healthy Trucking Podcast. The Healthy Trucking Podcast is sponsored by Healthy Trucking of America. As you guys heard in the opening, Lily is the regional director overseeing Region 8 for the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Now, folks, we'd like to thank you for spending part of your day with us on Pod Wheels powered by Radio Nemo. And we would like to also take this opportunity to invite you to visit HealthyTruck.org, the website for Healthy Trucking of America. HealthyTruck.org is filled with information and resources that can help to make your travels down our nation's roads and highways a healthier one. Now, as we've shared with you guys before, we'll be delivering a new episode of the Healthy Trucking Podcast each Tuesday through Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo. Be sure to check this space every Tuesday for our next episode. And finally, folks, let's stay safe and healthy out there. <laughs>